Hey friend, thanks for stopping by. Pull up the chair and have a seat. You know me, I've got some good Tennessee white pine burning here in the chimney, but we better enjoy it fast because it's hard to believe, but winter solstice has already come and gone. And summer solstice is around the corner coming up June 20th, 2021. But listen, hey, chill out. I'm going to run inside and get us a couple of cups of joe. I'll be right back. Hey, you're listening to Guat Dot Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Today's podcast is podcast number 76, season four. The title, The Fall of Satan. Subtitle, What You Don't Know Can't Hurt You. Thoughts about beginnings. The fall of man into sin recorded in Genesis chapter 3 was the beginning of man's sin on the planet, but it was not the beginning of sin. Two passages in the Old Testament by the prophets Ezekiel and Isaiah were written as prophetic condemnation of two pagan Gentile kings, the king of Tyre and the king of Babylon. Both kings had gone too far and claimed worship as divine beings, making their subjects bow down to them. Their blasphemous actions and impending judgment are echoes from eternity past, reverberating from the rebellion of Satan against God, which resulted in him and a third of his angels who rebelled with him being cast out of heaven down to the earth. Pride was the root of Satan's downfall as he determined to become like God and sit on God's throne. In Ezekiel chapter 28, starting in verse 2, these words echo from Satan's past as prophetic utterances against these earthly kings who will suffer destruction. It says, Your heart is proud, and you have said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of gods in the heart of the sea. It goes on to say, You have regarded your heart as that of a God. In verse 12, clearly this is describing Lucifer, the bearer of light, later called Satan, the great deceiver. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every kind of precious stone covered you. Your mountings and settings were crafted in gold. They were prepared on the day that you were created. You were an anointed guardian cherub, for I had appointed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked among the fiery stones. From the day you were created, you were blameless in your ways until wickedness was found in you. So I expelled you in disgrace from the mountain of God and banished you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud because of your beauty. In Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, Isaiah writes, You said to yourself, I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the God's assembly in the remotest parts of the north. I will ascend above the highest clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. His appearance in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3 finds him tempting Adam and Eve with the same corrupt temptation to become like God. So we understand that Satan was created flawless, without sin, beautiful looking, a place of prominence as a guardian cherub. We understand the pride that entered his core being that provoked the absurd thought of that he could actually succeed in casting God from his throne, or at least establish a seat next to him on his throne, ruler of heaven or at least co-ruler. But the unspoken question that looms is, why did he think he could get away with it? He knew he was finite, that he came into existence by the act of his creator, God. Again, the question that looms, why did he think he could get away with it? 
He knew he was finite, that he came into existence by the act of his creator, God. The reason Satan thought he could ascend to the height of heaven and become like God is because he didn't know he couldn't until he tried. His pride convinced him and a third of God's holy angels that he could succeed. The moment he made his move, he and his co-conspirators were cast out of heaven. No second chance, no do-over, no Jesus sent to pay for his sin and die in his place with an offer to repent, no chance of re-entry into heaven. Kicked out and cut off forever with an eternal destination of a molten body of fire which gives no light and that torments beyond comprehension. Wow, we don't know, and what we don't know can hurt us. There are so many examples in the Bible of the potentially sudden nature of the ramification of sin, felt at the first step into that sin. Adam and Eve, Cain, Lot's wife, the 250 people of Korah's rebellion against Moses, where it says in Numbers chapter chapter 16, the ground beneath them split open, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households, all Korah's men and their possessions. They went down alive into Sheol with all they owned. The earth closed over them, and they vanished from the assembly. Isn't that powerful? In just a moment, something unthinkable that the earth opened up and swallowed them whole. In the New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira, who were suddenly struck down in their deceit, In my ministry past, I knew a man whose sister had been drinking in a local bar. A man at the bar came on to her and would not relent. She told him to back off, and he wouldn't. She decided to leave the bar. The pest followed her out to the parking lot. He kept on pestering her. She finally turned, shoved him to the ground. He hit his head and was knocked unconscious. She proceeded to stomp him with her high heels. She stomped the man in the head with her high heels and killed him. She was arrested on murder charges. In court, she claimed self-defense. The judge rejected the claim, saying that after she had shoved the man and he fell backward and he hit his head, she should have run away from him. Instead, she chose to stay and take out her anger on the man and stomped him to death. She did commit murder. Did she go to the bar that night with the intention of killing someone? No. Was the man right in coming onto the woman and relentlessly pestering her? No. Could the woman have asked for assistance from someone to escort her safely to her car? Yes. Could she have run away once the man was rendered incapacitated? Yes. So what happened? Her anger and disgust for the man transgressed into hate. She snapped and took out her hate on him when he was vulnerable. In a moment, a wrong choice, with no understanding of the irreversible consequences that were just moments away, changed two people's lives forever. Friend, as you and I walk through this minefield called life, we must walk closely to the Almighty God, keeping our mind focused on His Word and His way as revealed to us through His Holy Word, or we are in jeopardy of making choices that have instant consequences the moment we deviate from God's righteous path, a permanently damaged relationship that can never be restored to new again, or a lost job due to deceit or secret sin, a violent action that can't be undone. If we have given our heart to Jesus, we won't lose our salvation, our place in heaven. But God wants better for us. In Psalm 84, verse 4, How happy are those who reside in your house, who praise you continually, Selah. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. 
For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord grants favor and honor. He does not withhold the good from those who live with integrity. Happy is the person who trusts in you, Lord of armies. And with that, I bid you peace. Peace.